What is up, everybody? My name is Matt Cordova. I'm the senior pastor here at The River, and we are excited that you are listening to our podcast. Now, before the message starts, there's three things that we would love for you to do. One, we would love for you to share it. Two, we would love for you to subscribe. And three, we would love for you to go and rate it. So the message is about to begin. I hope it encourages you, and I hope that you know that God has a plan for your life. spring training and originally the idea was for this series to be four weeks but I think we're going to stop it after this one just because I feel like Holy Spirit's put something different on my heart here's what we've been doing um, is we've been preparing to win the battles that happen in our mind most of the struggles that we face start here Right? With the, the thoughts that we have, the offenses that we have, the beliefs about us that we have, the, the questions we have with God, like all of those, they, they start right here. And if we can learn how to win these battles here, we can see things change out there. Right? So that's kind of been our focus. Week one, we recognize that the battleground is in our head. Peter, when he writes his his letter, he talks about the devil being like a roaring lion. The devil will make a playground in, in your mind if you will let him. He will run. He will build cases against people. He will slander. Remember we talked, the devil means slander. He'll slander you to God. He'll slander God to you. He'll slander others to you, and he'll slander you to you. Right? Why? Because if we give him a place to play, he's just going to run and have a good time. And for many of us, that's where we've been, is we've let him have an inch. And how many of y'all have heard the phrase, give him an inch, they take a what? Well, he's taking two. (laughs) He's having a heyday. Week two, we talked about how we fight, right? We talked about how we fight. And in, in, in this text, what we did is we remember that Paul tells us to take our thoughts and make them what? Obey Christ. Why is that exciting? Because it reminds us that Jesus gets the final word. Jesus had the first word, Jesus, God formed you, but he also has the final word. So the thought that's been running around in your mind, if it isn't in alignment with Jesus, it's got to go. It's got to go. Jesus gets the final word, not community, not people, not Facebook, not panhandle happenings, not what's going on. Jesus gets the final word. Jesus, listen, everybody who wants to tell you who you're meant to be, they didn't make you. Right? Parents, we don't get to tell our kids who they get to be. We ask God who he created them to be, and we come in alignment. Jesus gets the final word. Today we're going to look at a super, it's a very popular text. You can't kind of talk about the mind without looking at this text. If you've got a Bible, open it up to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, while you're turning there, um, let me break this down, give you some kind of background on the book. Romans is one of the, the most deep theological books in the Bible. It is, man, you want, you want Paul to confuse you a little bit? Read the book of Romans. The first 11 chapters, what he talks about is, is doctrine, doctrinal truths, the doctrinal truth of sin, the doctrinal truth of justification, the doctrine of, of salvation. Like he gets into these real things with this church in Rome, but then in chapter 12, he gets really practical. He tells them, because of these things, this is what we're supposed to do. It's it's actually a really common writing style. Ephesians, he does the same thing. Chapters 1 through 3, he tells them kind of about this revelation that he's had about us being unified. And then chapters 4 through 6, he says, this is how we live this out. 
right? So what we're seeing Paul do is very common. So here's what he says. Because of what I've told you in chapters 1 through 11, chapter 12, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So that you may discern, so that you can tell what is the good, pleasing, perfect will of God. Here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about keeping your mind fresh. Keeping it fresh. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, keep it fresh. Post in the chat, put keep it fresh. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you. For today, God, we thank you that we can come and worship and sing. God, I thank you uh, for just the ability to watch a younger generation just sing your praises. God, and I pray that you would uh, strengthen us in our minds, that we would depend more on your Holy Spirit than our heads. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. So so hopefully in this kind of this series, I hope we've kind of gathered like our mind, our brain is super interesting. Like if you if you think about it, like our our brain kind of controls how we respond to things. Right. It's in here that emotions take place. Our brain tells us kind of teaches us how to think about things. Right. A lot of times we think about things through the lens of how we heard it the first time. Um, our, our mind tells us how to work through different situations or even from a physical aspect, like I can't move my arm without my mind telling me to do so. Does that make sense? Like our mind is, is crazy as far as its involvement in our life and the direction of our life. Um, but this week I was learning, so have, have any of y'all ever heard of neuroplasticity? Neural, it, it is crazy cool when you look up what neuroplasticity is. Basically, what neuroplasticity is, is that my mind will change, it will form based on the experiences that I continue to have. So the old belief was that your mind would be formed when you were young, and then when you were younger, it would stop forming, it would stop changing. But recently, scientists showed us that your mind continually changes shape, it continually changes form, and they're always based on the experiences that we have. Right. And many of the experiences create the thought patterns that we have. If you think about it. Right. If you've had a lot of really good experiences, there may be triggers that create excitement inside of you because of past experiences. But for for some of us, maybe you've had a traumatic experience. Maybe you've had a uh, uh, something bad really happen. And then all of a sudden there's some random thing that triggers that put, takes us back to that emotional spot. Maybe maybe you didn't have somebody speak life over you when you were growing up. And when somebody says something um, that has death attached to it, immediately it triggers and then it goes to the thought pattern. You see, what happens is based on our experiences, our mind creates what's called neural pathways. Neural pathways. Let me explain. Any, anybody like to hike? Any hikers? Anybody like to go down to Paladura Canyon? Right? When you go to Paladura Canyon, you can always tell a, a path or a trail that's been hiked a lot, right? Why? Because it's flatter and it's wider, right? Usually when you go and hike a trail, if it's a trail that nobody's hiked, there's not a path. You're kind of working your way, maneuvering throughout the rocks, ducking under the trees, doing whatever you can to get to wherever you're trying to go it, try, trying to get going. But if it's a path that's been hiked a whole bunch, there's not a whole lot of maneuvering. It's just walking through the ground that's already been walked. 
How many of you know that's how your thoughts work? Right? When you have, when you have an initial thought, it's like a trail that's never been hiked. Right? So you're like, okay, this is different. And then, but the more you have that thought, it's like a trail that gets wider and wider and wider and wider. So eventually it gets to the point where it's easier to think the thought that created the path. Does that make sense? Now, this is great if we've had great thoughts, right? This is great if we've had great experiences growing up or where we are right now, right? Because now I'm thinking about good things. But I would like to propose that that's not the majority of our thoughts. Because think about what happens when, when you have doubt, and you've let doubt continually make its way through your life. Guess what's happened? Guess what will continue to happen? You, you may get an opportunity and doubt the ability that God put inside of you. Why? Because I've let it have a highway in my mind. You know what I mean? What, what about fear? We've, we could let fear create a highway in our mind. Here's what I'm saying. We, we said it a couple weeks ago. Your life is going in the direction of your strongest thoughts. A lot of times it's because that thought is repeated. And because it's repeated, it's been given a highway. And here's what I believe is that for some today, there are some thought patterns that need to be destroyed. There are some highways that need to be closed off, some trails that never need to be, that need to be stopped being traveled. And it's time for us to put in some new thoughts. And that's what I'm believing for this morning. So in chapter, chapter 12, verse 1, this is what he says. I love this. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you. I like when people use the words urge. Nobody ever says that anymore. anymore. Babe, I urge you for breakfast. No, <laughs> get me in trouble. <laughs> hey, we're going to work out today. I urge that we do power cleans. Nope. I urge that we run. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not running unless it's a race. Listen, if you run and it's not a race, the Bible said the wicked run when nobody's chasing them. Okay, I'm just saying. If there ain't a first place, then it's wicked. (laughs) Just throwing that out there, right? He says, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and uh, this is your true worship. Now, I love this. Let me give you some kind of a Bible reading tip. Whenever you see the word therefore, ask the question, what is it there for? Right? When you see the word therefore, ask the question, what is it therefore? Usually, Paul will insert the word therefore in, in a statement like this. Because this happened, therefore, we should respond this way. Does that make sense? Therefore is always attached to what was said previously. So if we're going to look at this text, therefore, this chapter 12 is a transitional part of the book. He's saying, based on what I've told you in the first 11 chapters, this is how we respond. And, and what I love about it, he's going to tell us two things that we're supposed to do, but he starts off with the why. The why. Everybody needs to know their why. Why do you do what you do? If you forget your why, you'll lose motivation. The why matters. The why matters. Why do we do ministry? Because we believe that God can still move. Once I lose that and ministry becomes a job, I think we become ineffective. Why do you do what you do? Why do you parent the way that you parent? Why do you love your kids the way that you do? Why is a great motivator for life? It is a vision statement. If I can answer the why, then I have a vision. So Paul gives us a vision, an answer, a response to why we should live this way. And it's right there. He says, in view of God's mercies. Another translation says this, or it's not translation, but another word translation for the word mercies is in view of God's compassion. Come on, church. 
When is the last time we woke up and said, listen, I'm not going to live my day based on how I feel. I'm going to live it in view of God's compassion because God has new mercies for me today. He has different mercies for me today. No, too many of us are giving our days away based on how we feel. Oh, I'm tired. Today's going to be bad. Well, you're going to run out of days eventually, right? It's true. Unless Jesus comes back, which, I, listen, every generation from Jesus onward thought Jesus was coming back in their time period. Let me just throw that out there. I believe Jesus has come back in my time period too, but I, that just throws me in the same crowd as everybody else. When is the last time you woke up and said, listen, I'm going to live my life differently? Why? Because of the compassion of God. I'm going to treat people differently. Why? Because of the compassion of God. Well, because of the compassion of God, I'm going to treat others as more important than myself. Because of the compassion of God, I'm going to love people the way that God's called me to love people. Because of the compassion of God, I'm going to forgive. Because if I look at their offense towards me versus mine towards Christ, man, I've definitely messed up way worse than they did. Because of the mercies of God. You know what I mean? Because of the mercies of God, I'm going to speak differently. Uh, right now, we need to pay attention to what's going on. I'm not trying to get political, but with all the, the stuff being allowed for our children with sex change and all of this other stuff, we need to be completely aware about all that stuff and pay attention to what the Bible says. Um, but you also understand that the Bible says, like, don't let coarse joking, coarse talk come out of your mouth, too. Why? Because of the mercies of God. You know what I mean? Don't create a hierarchy system to make yourself feel better. What I'm saying is we can't bash this and, and do, the, do something like in the, in the same realm. You know what I mean? Everything should change. Why? Because of the mercies of God. Because of the compassion of God. Why do we take communion this morning? Because of the compassion of God. That we get to be new creations. It's because of his compassion, because of his mercy that we get to do that. So he says, because of the compassion of God, what should we do? He says, well, um, I want you to present your life or show your life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, the word sacrifice doesn't sound like a cool word, right? Especially, think about this, Paul is, uh, is talking to a lot of Jewish readers, Jewish Christians. Well, sacrifice means the death of something in replacement or in position of something, right? I would make, if I sinned, but in the old covenant, I would sacrifice an animal to cover oh, up my sins. Does that make sense? That's what a sacrifice would, would, be, would stand for. So reading this, he's saying, saying, hey, be a living sacrifice. But that's actually not what stands out the most to me. What stands out to the most to me is he says, present or show yourself as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? Um, my faith should not be hidden. What, what am I saying? We shouldn't be closet Christians. Does that make sense? Like, let's, let's be real. Or, or let, me, let me say church house Christians. We shouldn't just be Christians in this room. Christian, Christianity is not something like you don't put Jesus on, the, on a shelf when you, and then pick him up when you need him. No, the Holy Spirit is in your heart. He's in your life. He's with you everywhere that you go. So to show something isn't just to talk about it. It's to actually to present it. Let me use uh, a relevant analogy. I've never done this, but I've been to a couple of them. Uh, let's talk about stock shows. 
Stock shows. Anybody do stock shows? Anybody have kids that do stock shows? Right? I know there's people that travel all. It's, it's crazy. I know, I know a stock show is always going to be the same week as Martin Luther King's birthday. Right? I always know that. I know that's going to happen here in Panhandle. Here's, um, here's what happens at a stock show. Here's what doesn't happen at a stock show. I know that when it comes to raising these animals, you guys spend time. You guys spend energy. You guys spend resources. Why? Because we want these things to look top-notch, right? You know what's funny? Bodybuilding is like the stock show of humanity, but that's a side note, okay? <laughs> if I'm be real, right? You, we spend time, energy, and resources to look ripped, and it's all at the discretion of whoever's the judge, right? That's how it works. But what happens, bodybuilding or stock show, is the person who has the animal doesn't get up there and tell us about the animal. They don't get up there and they're like, man, I've got a pig. His name's Bobby. By, oh, we spent some good time. We've had some good talks. Bobby's white, got a black eye patch, you know. But Bobby, she's real stout in the front, and her, her legs are weak in the back. But Bobby, you know, she, she should win, based because I said so. We don't do that. Have you ever been to a stock show where the, the presenter, the one who's showing the animal, got, got the mic and told you about Bobby, the pig? No. When, in fact, the, the judge is the one with the microphone. The kids, they walk, or the one presenting, they actually walk their animal, and they present their animal to the judge. The judge is trying to see every aspect of the animal. Does that make sense? In bodybuilding, man, they make us hit and turn and pose and squeeze and all this other stuff so that we can, they can see our definition. Bodybuilders don't get up there and say, man, listen, I know I got a shirt on, but I got a six-pack under here, and man, my, my guns are just ripped, ripped. It doesn't happen. Right? If y'all go to that stock show, y'all better leave. Actually, that's going to be my type of bodybuilding show from now on. I just want to get up there and talk about it. Right? When it comes to stock shows, the quality of the animal is seen. It's not heard. The quality of the animal is seen. It's not heard. So God tells us to present your bodies, to present your life as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? The you being a living sacrifice, living for God, truly and uh, holy and pleasing to God, is not, is, it, it is seen. It's not heard. I had a pastor ask me this one time when I, was a youth, when I was in youth. He said, man, I wonder if I went up to your friends and asked if you were a Christian, what would they say? I, I wonder if how, why, how we interact with other people, if, if people asked if we were a Christian, how, what would they say? I wonder based on how we are at work, if people asked if we were a Christian, what would they say? What would they say? See, he tells us to live our life as a living sacrifice, to present our life as a living sacrifice. How do I do that? Well, first, let's start by getting some of the truth in our life, right? First, we can remind ourselves that the old me is gone. That's what we love about baptism is that the old is gone and the new has come. Listen, if you've said yes to Jesus, you are not the old you. And you have permission to set that aside. You are a new creation is what the Bible says with the spirit of God inside of you. And maybe that's something else that we need to remind ourselves is that, the whole, that God's not off somewhere else. No, he's given you his spirit. And it's not just, uh, just some random spirit. No, it's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. It's inside of you. And if we respond and listen to that spirit, we start to give every ounce of our life to Christ. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice. How many of y'all love breakfast? Anybody love breakfast in this place? Love breakfast. Y'all, 
Have you, have, uh, uh, there's, there's two animals that, that come to mind when it comes to breakfast. There's a chicken, and then there's the pig. Is it, anybody love bacon? <laughs> anybody excited? We're part of the new covenant. Let's go. <laughs> love me some bacon. When it comes to, to breakfast, who has the greater commitment, the chicken or the pig? Chicken just lays an egg and goes on with its life. It donates here and there, right? But the pig has to give its whole life to be a part of, to, to give us some bacon, to be a part of breakfast. I think too many of us are living our lives like chickens, where we just give God a little bit here, go on with our life, give God a little bit here. For some of us, it's, going, it's giving God Sunday. I'll give you Sunday. We'll go do my life. I'll give you, here's another Sunday. Oh, it's Easter Sunday, so I got to give you a little bit extra. Oh, Christmas is here. I guess I got to come back. You know what I mean? Listen, we're called to give our lives, to follow Jesus. He said, if you want to follow me, you must die to yourself and what? Carry your cross. We were, we were at staff retreat, and I, I, Dawson said something that I think is crazy. It's something his professor told him. But, you know, we're, we are super highly offended people. And he, said, he had one professor. He said, listen, I don't think Christians should ever be offended. He said, why? He said, because dead people don't get offended. If you died to yourself, what do you have to be offended about? Dang. <laughs> the question is, how much of ourselves were we willing to give up? You know what I mean? When it comes to following Jesus, if we're going to be completely honest, how much of ourselves are we willing to give up? The teenagers, how much of yourselves are you willing to give up right where you are? Because there is a fight for your life right now, for each and every one of you. And it doesn't stop when you leave high school. It's there when you get to college. There's a fight for who you're created to be, a fight to rob from you what God has put inside of you. The question is, how much are you willing to give up? You know what I mean? Sometimes giving everything up means losing status. But uh, the Bible promises that a, war, a reward is great in heaven, that that time is coming. How much adults in our workplaces sacrifice? He says, this is your true worship. The word for true is the word logikos. Guess what word comes from that? Logical. Logical. Listen, this is, this is huge. Living your life for God is worship. You catch that? Worship isn't just singing songs. We've kind of messed up. Like there, there's a part of song singing that is worship, right? Where we're singing praise to God. But worship isn't just defined as this moment of singing songs. Worship, how I would define it, is any thought, uh, any action or conversation that points people, that, that brings glory to God. Anything like that that brings glory to who God is. So when I live my life as a living sacrifice, I am worshiping God. In fact, he says it this way. He says, this is your logical worship. Think about it. Think about everything that God has done for us. The fact that he, he, he set us free. Colossians says that he transferred us from the kingdom of darkness and placed us in the kingdom of his son. When we live our life in view of God's mercies, it's logical that we present ourselves as a living sacrifice to him. Because of all that God has done for us, it just makes sense, is what Paul is saying. It makes sense. Because God loves you, present your life this way, it makes sense. Because God saved you, live your life this way, it just makes sense. 
And then he says there's a second thing he wants us to do. It's in verse 2. So the first one was to present your life like a living sacrifice. The second thing is this. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Now, I love this. I, I like Bible verses where there's a direct contrast, right? There's a comparison here. You know, over on this side, we're going to present it like a boxing match, okay? Like over on this side, you have the word conform. Over on this side, we have the word transform. The words are different. Now, but there is a similarity between it. I don't know if you caught this, but when you look up there, conform and transform have uh, four letters that make a word that are the same. It's the word form. What does that mean? One way or another, you're going to be shaped by something. One way or another, you're going to be shaped by something. Listen, parents, one way or another, our kids are going to be shaped by something. They're either going to be shaped by what we speak into their life, or they're going to be shaped by what the world is saying about them and showing them is right. Spouses, one way or another, our spouse is going to be shaped by something. They can either be shaped by the life that we speak into them, or what's going on around the world, or in the house. Right? There's so many. We need to understand this. You are going to be shaped one way or another. It's either going to be by what's going on around you, or what's going on inside of you. But one way or another, you are going to be shaped. You're going to be shaped. So let's look at this. To be conformed is to be shaped by what's going on around us, right? A lot of our younger generations are being shaped by what they see. TikTok, Snapchat, all the, listen, I'm not saying those things are inherently bad, but not everything on them is good. Can I say it that way? Like if we're going to be real, I had TikTok for like 30 minutes. It was cool for a little bit. And then I realized how much time it was taking. But there's so many things shaping the way that our kids think, thinking, uh, shaping the way that they act. And and here, can can I just tell you what's going on? You know that there's a ton of kids like in our church that don't know basic Bible stories, but they know what the world is saying. They know what homosexuality and transgender is. Isn't that crazy? They know about the political debate. Why? Because instead of teaching them what God says, we're letting the world show them what's right. Uh, There was an interesting statistic brought up in our life group that most kids are losing their virginity before high school. Before high school. Why? Because we're afraid to talk about it. Or when we do, it's too late. And they're seeing their friends do it. That's the difference between transformed and conformed. Like, if we're going to be completely honest, let's look at the world around us. Right? Look at what's going on all across the world. Is that what needs to be shaping our life? Right? Slavery, death, war, division, I mean, is that really what we want to be the shaper and the former of our life? No, he says, don't be conformed to what? This age. He's telling them in their time period, based on what's going around in their their lives, don't let that shape you. I think the message would be true to us today. Based on what's going on around us, don't let that shape you. So let me provide a solution. Don't be conformed. Be transformed. What is transformation? To be transformed is to be shaped by what's going on inside of me. 
The Greek, I love this. I like to, to nerd out on the words. The Greek word for transformation is metamorphosis. Anybody have science growing up? Anybody learned about the life of a caterpillar? Don't watch a bug's life. It's not true, right? But a caterpillar, they, they eat, and then eventually they go into a cocoon, and while they're in that cocoon, their life is being, their shape is being transformed. It's being changed. They're no longer about to crawl. They're about to learn to fly because of what's happening on the inside, right? How many of you know that when you get Jesus on the inside of you and you respond to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, it transforms your life, right? Uh, there's a, a quote that I love from pastor. He says, the invisible kingdoms inside of us eventually become the visible kingdoms around us. Well, based on the Holy Spirit inside of me, there should be life around me because of the spirit inside of me, right? Because that's what's going on here. But too many of us are focusing on what's going on there. Listen, if you can follow what's in here, you'll change what's going on out there. That's what the church is supposed to do as a body of believers is to follow the Holy Spirit in here, hold each other accountable, lock shields and move and take territory out there. Right? We do it together. Transformation happens from the inside out. Here's the crazy thing. I want you to catch the grasp of the meaning. Um, so what I've done is I've found there's two other times in the Bible where this word is used. And both of them are in reference to the glory of God. Mark chapter 9. This is what it says. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and he led them up on a high mountain by themselves to be alone. And he was transfigured in front of them. Transfigured. Same word for transfigured is the same word for transformed. And if you remember that story, Jesus started to glow. The glory of God started to glow from Jesus, right? It started to gl glow. Where did it come from? The glory of God from the inside out started, show, started to shine from who Christ is. Second Corinthians, we should know this one, right? It says, we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. Now, hold on. Stop right there. We, he's writing to, to, to believers, to Gentile Christians in the Corinthian church, and he's referencing a moment where Moses goes up on the mountain, has this encounter with God, and the glory of God is on his face, but it's fading. So he veils his face. He's saying, listen, we don't have to veil our face anymore because the glory of God doesn't fade from us anymore. It stays on us. So he says, we with unveiled faces are looking in a mirror at the what? The glory of God. The goodness of God. We are looking at the glory, the goodness of God, and we are being transformed into what? The same image. You want to know how to look like Jesus? Look at Jesus. You want to know how to look like the Holy Spirit? Look at the Holy Spirit. Spend time with him. And he transforms us from what? From glory to glory. And this is from the Lord who is the what? The Spirit. We need to understand this. You cannot believe in Jesus and be stuck where you are. Right? You can't. Jared, one of our elders, he says he, he shares this story about a friend and he, this guy is, is super bold. He goes, hey, tell me about the time that Jesus changed your life. Not, not the time that you said a prayer. Because there's a bunch of people that have said a prayer and Jesus hasn't, you haven't let Jesus change your life. There's a whole generation of people that said a prayer because, they, because, the, because the purpose of fire and brimstone pe preaching was to scare the hell out of you. Hell as a location. That was the purpose. 
Fear is not a good motivator towards salvation. Jesus is a good motivator towards salvation. Life is a good motivator towards salvation. Right? There's many of us that have said a prayer, but we've never let Jesus into our life. We've never let Jesus into our heart. We need to understand that transformation is a normal part of the Christian walk. To change is a normal part of the Christian walk. I was this, but now I'm this. Because of Christ, the old me who was addicted to porn is no longer addicted. But I'm set free and I'm delivering the word that he gave me. Right? Because the spirit of God inside of you, you are not who you used to be. You are not. You are a brand new creation. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, you're a new creation. You're a new creation. You need to be reminded. You are a new creation. You are. When we respond to the Holy Spirit in our life, we can't be stuck in the same spot. But listen, if we're going to be transformed, that means we need to look at him. We need to look at his teachings. We need to look at, you understand, we live in such a good time because, yeah, we have access to God through prayer. We have access to God through his word. But the Bible tells us that we can also come boldly before the throne of grace. I don't think you can come into the presence of God and leave leave the same. I don't. It's time for us to start coming into the presence of God, paying attention to the Holy Spirit inside of us. So he says this, worship to me, if you guys will go ahead and come up. He says this, don't be conformed by what's going on around you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, Matt, sounds good, right? The idea sounds good. How do we do that? Paul gives an easy answer. He says this, it's, it's, it's actually easier said than done, if we're going to be completely honest. He says, by renewing your mind, by renewing your mind, you want to know how to be transformed? you got to renew your mind, right? So let's break this down, right? We all know the word new, but let's look at the prefix, re, re. Re means again, to do again. If I'm going to redo something, it means I'm going to do something again. If I'm going to refry some beans, I'm going to fry them again, right? Come on, somebody. (laughs) Getting close to lunch. But that's what it means, right? I'm going to do it again, right? If I'm going to remake something, I'm going to make it again. But another, another, another uh, translation is to take back to. So if something was once new, to renew it is to take it back to new. Does that make sense? So what Paul says, he says, listen, if you want to be transformed, what you've got to do is you've got to either make your mind new renew it. Notice, he didn't say, hey, just because I died and went to the cross, I gave you a new mind. He says, I need you to renew it. How many of you understand that when he tells us to renew it, that means he's putting a responsibility on us? The renewal of your mind is is on you. You get to make that choice. Do you want to renew your mind? Right? Will, Will you renew your mind? So he says, if you want to to be transformed, you need to renew your mind. So let me think of a way. This is how I would explain it. Um, one of the things that I get to do at the church is I, get to, I make the videos. I get, I get to do the announcement videos. Uh, back in the day, I used to do uh, the blooper videos, um, some of the side videos that we do and post on social media. Like I get to, I get to make those. Those are fun for me. 
They're exciting. They're kind of my version of creative expression outside of talking on, on, on Sunday mornings. Um, but this is what happens. After I'm done with the video, if the video isn't something like I want to keep, like the blooper videos are fun. I, like to, I liked to keep those when I was making those, if you need a good laugh. But if it wasn't something that, that was good, and it was something that was irrelevant, what I needed to do was I needed to delete it. Because as long as I kept it on my computer, it was going to take up space that I needed to put something new in. Right? Does that make sense? What I'm saying is there are some people in here that you've got some thought patterns in your life that are irrelevant. And you need to delete those bad boys. It's time for them to go. Why? Because when I get rid of those old destructive thoughts, I can start to put in the new. Right? You keep what's good. You keep what is from God. Don't get rid of what what is from God. But there are some things that go in our mind that are not from God. And they need to be deleted. What I love is when you uh, delete something on a Mac. I don't know anything about Microsoft because they're not. It's Microsoft anyways. But if you delete something on a Mac, it goes to what's called a trash bin. Some of us have this trash bin. And if you want it completely off your computer, you have to empty the trash bin. Some of us have thought we've deleted it and left it in this other file place where we can restore the memory. No, it's got to go. It's got to go. We need to get rid of destructive thoughts because once that stuff is gone, it's time to put in the new, right? What is the new? Well, we need to start putting in thoughts like, man, I'm no longer who I was, but I'm a new creation. I'm not worthless. I'm a son and daughter of God, right? God is with me. God is working through me. I don't care what anybody else says. God has a plan for my life. Those people who are speaking did not make me. They did not write my story, but God did, and he's with me. It may feel like you're stuck in a pit and we need to remind ourselves that God may not have put us in the pit but by golly he'll get us out of one he has moved he will move he'll do it again it's time for us to get rid of destructive thoughts some of us man we beat ourselves up this doesn't work this doesn't work no no weapon formed against you shall prosper right we read that we're like oh we read it (laughs) this is what we do when weapons get formed, we get mad. That's not what the Bible says. It's not what it says it shouldn't prosper. It may sting a little bit, but it ain't going to win. And that's what we need to remind ourselves of. We are sons and daughters of the kings of kings, right? We have been set free. We are no longer stuck in bondage. You are not worthless. You are not full of shame. You are son and daughter made new for the good things that he created for you a long time ago. It's time for us to get these new thoughts running through our minds. We've got to get out the old. We've got to throw the trash. How many, listen, if your kids, how many of your kids, that's their chores to throw out the trash? If they wait like four days before doing it, are you going to be ticked? But aren't we doing the same thing with our thoughts? I'm letting trash stay stuck in my mind. Stuff that, that, that isn't relevant, stuff that isn't true. And God's like, man, I've been telling you, take out the trash. Get rid of it. You want to know how to renew your mind? Get rid of the trash and put in the truth. Get, in the tra- get rid of the trash, put in the truth. Well, where do I get the truth? Well, a good start is the Word of God. But also a good place is, is people that you know that are following the Lord that will speak life into your life. 
that will speak truth into your life. Listen, I'm telling you, even as a senior pastor, I've got to have people in my life that will tell me the truth. Because I'm no different than you guys. The devil will try to make a playground in my head. He'll try to run around. And it can be easy for me, just as easy for me to be conformed than it can be to tr- be transformed. There's some trash that I've got to get rid of in my life. And there's some truth that I need to put in. We're no different. We're in it together. Where do we get the truth? Get it from God and get it from people that you know are chasing God. You know what I mean? The truth is, is we, I'm, I'm, I've said this almost all year long. We need each other. Well, why does that matter? Well, he says this. He says, uh, don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern. Another word is test or prove. The good, pleasing, perfect will of God. How many people in here want to know the will of God in your life? Online, post a hand raise. If you're not raising your hand, you're lying in church. We all want to know why we're here. You want to know how to start to see the will of God in your life? You've got to renew your mind. Once your mind starts becoming filled with God's truth instead of our worries and our fears and and some of the other trash that get in there, then the will of God starts to become clear in our life. Right? You want to know what the will of God is? Get rid of the trash. Start renewing your mind. Put in the truth. And then it says, then you'll be able so that. Why do you do it? So that you may discern, test, or prove what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God in your life. It's in this place where we have a renewed mind that God's will starts to become visible in our life. Not our will. I would propose that oftentimes we are led by our will when our head's full of our trash. It's like trying to navigate through a dirty room. You know what I mean? Like, I want to get to the door, but I've got to go through this, go through this, go through this. God's like, no, no, no. I've got a different door for you to walk through. I just need you to get rid of the garbage. You won't see it until the garbage is gone, actually. you got to get rid of the trash and put in the truth. If you guys will stand up with me, ministry team, if you guys will come up. Here's what I would encourage us. During today, this week, is ask this question, what is the trash that I've allowed in my mind? What is, like, take some time. Recognize, you may not even recognize the trash until it comes. Like right now, you may not recognize uh, what's been uh, allowed in your head, allowed a, a bed, allowed a, a vacancy in your head until a situation comes and triggers it, until that neural pathway is opened up. But we need to ask the question, what is the trash that I've allowed in my head? And then we need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of it. Why? Because I'm not who I used to be. I'm a new creation. That trash doesn't belong there. After we figured out the trash, we need to ask this question, what is the truth? If that's a lie, what's the truth? If you don't know, look for it in the Word. If you don't know, reach out to somebody that you know is following Jesus and allow them to speak the truth. Listen, depending on some of the trash that we've allowed in our life, sometimes it's hard for us to hear the truth. Like, for example, if you believe that you're worthless, 
If you believe that you're a failure, if you kind of believe like you're not going to amount to anything and somebody tells you, no, you are made in the image and likeness of God and God has a plan for your life and you are without a flaw, that may be hard for you to hear because you've allowed so much of this buildup to get there, this neural pathway. But remember, we're closing off pathways today. And, And what you need to do after you've gotten, recognized the trash, got rid of it, after you've put in the truth, is you put that track on repeat. You write it to where you could see it. You know what I mean? Anybody, I, I remember CDs. CDs were my jam. Uh, I remember when I got my first car, too, is I always listened to like the same CD, and if there was ever a track that you wanted to listen to, all you had to do was put the repeat button. You're like, I don't care if you're riding in my car. We're going to listen to the same song like 73 times. <laughs> Anybody been there? Yeah? Yeah? Now we do it on Spotify, right? You just hit the repeat button. Hit the repeat button. Why? Because that's the song that I want to hear right now. Some, well, that's the same method that we need to do with the truth that gets spoken over our life. Is we need to put that track on repeat. Why? So we can start changing the, the pathways in our mind. So we can start changing the pathways in our mind. Listen, the biggest battles we face are here. It's not flesh and blood. It starts here. We build cases here. We get offended here. We doubt ourselves here. But there's a truth that God has given us in his word to replace all of that trash. And if we will repeat those things, I believe we'll see our lives move in a different way. So dear Heavenly Father, God, God, I thank you that you speak truth. God, and I thank you that for every lie that we believe, there is a truth. There's something that you say and and speak uh, to, God. And I pray that we would get rid of some garbage today. God, I pray that we would first commit our whole lives to you in view of what you've done, in view of your compassion. God, we would present ourselves as, as holy and pleasing to you. We would present ourselves as a living sacrifice. God, that we would just give our lives But two, give us the strength to respond to the Holy Spirit inside of us more than what's going on around us. Give us the strength to get rid of the garbage that we've believed and replace it with the truth of your word and what you say. God, and I believe that as you do that, we'll see your good, perfect, and pleasing will. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Everybody say Hey, that's the message. I hope it encouraged you. I hope it inspired you. I hope that you know that God has a plan for your life. In fact, if you would like to join us as a part of our online campus and you would like to watch the video as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing week.